entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf show for entrepreneurs, business owners, and business leaders. I'm Marty Wolf, your host for the Business Builder Show, and along with my executive producer, D.C. Taylor, we will be your guides on this learning journey. I want to tell you my super objective in being with you today. I want to enthusiastically share stories and information to inspire leaders so they can inspire others. I'm proud to let you know we record the Business Builder Show in the studios of 94.3 FM The Talker, which is part of Bold Gold Media, and we are in Scranton, Pennsylvania. The Business Builder Show is distributed by C-Suite Radio. You can find all of our shows and many other fine shows at csuiteradio.com. That's c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. My special guest with me today is Dr. Michael Solomon. Hi, Dr. Michael Solomon. How are you, sir? I'm just great, thanks. Uh, Great to have you here. We're going to be talking about your book, which is Marketers, Tear Down These Walls, Liberating the Postmodern Consumer. Now, by the way, Michael, can I call you Michael? Absolutely. I have a sludge hammer in my hand. So I, I guess what we're going to be doing is knocking down some walls during this conversation. Am I correct? That's the plan. <laughs> that is the plan. So <laughs> let's, uh, let me do a brief intro and then we'll get into the book. Uh, let's see here. An authority on consumer behavior, Dr. Michael Solomon has spent decades working with companies like BMW, Campbell's, Intel, Progressive, Levi Strauss, Under Armour, Calvin Klein, and DuPont, among many others. His textbook, that's Dr. Michael Solomon's textbook on consumer behavior, which is titled Consumer Behavior, Buying, Having, and Being, is the most widely used in the world and has been translated into more than 10 languages. Uh, with the marketing stuff going on today, Michael, I think we're going to need a lot of translation. But let me let me let me kind of set this up this way. You have, I think you call it your mantra. And let me read for our folks what your mantra is. It says, "We don't buy products because of what they do. We buy them because of what they mean." Let me say it again. I want everybody to let that sink in for a minute. We don't buy products because of what they do. We buy them because of what they mean. So, Dr. Michael Solomon, what do you mean by that? Well, basically what I'm saying here is that the the stuff that we buy, most of the stuff that we buy, has a lot more significance in people's lives than than we often think. We, We find... And this is based on many, many years of research and personal experience. And I think your your listeners will pro- hopefully agree with me that many of the the products that they own have uh, are quite special. Mm. Uh, everybody has certain, in particular, certain things. May, maybe they are, you know, it could even be an old ratty sweatshirt from your college days that mm. 
that your wife uh, hasn't thrown out yet, or or it could be a shiny new BMW. You know, right? It could be many things. But what we find when when we look at successful brands and we look at what differentiates the market leaders from the market also brands is is usually not the functionality. You know, the the reality is that most most things today work pretty well. You know, there's going to be some minor differences, but in many categories, when you when you ask consumers, you know, what's the difference among these? These here's five brands that are all, you know, doing pretty well. What do you think are the differences? And much to the dismay of marketing managers, they often say, you know what? I don't really see that much of a difference. They all pretty much work the same. However, there's usually going to be one or two brands in a category that are still much more successful than the others. And when you when you look closely at them, you realize that these are brands that essentially come alive for people. Mm. Uh, they really, uh, in, in many people's minds, these brands, and, and, and we see this when, you know, when I work with companies, I, I see this when you get people to describe a brand, they usually describe it in personal terms. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds a little strange, but when you ask someone to think about their favorite brand of, you know, whether it's a fragrance, a car, what have you, uh, you know, I'll say to them something like, you know, if your brand came to life as a person, who would that person be? And they look at me kind of weird and then they start spouting a, a story and they'll yeah, yeah. usually give, you know, they'll give it a gender right away. Yeah, it's young right. or it's old, it's bold or sophisticated or sexy yeah. or elegant or silly or what have you. And and again, the, you know, the brands that that are really succeeding are the ones that are engaging in what's usually called brand storytelling. Yeah. Where they're building out this personality and, and that is their market advantage. It's not that they necessarily work that much better or differently than the competitors. It's that they have built a brand story that really resonates with people. Yes. In your book, um, well, Consumers, and your book spells it out, that uh, let's just say traditional marketing as we think of, however you think of traditional marketing, and I guess part of that is we marketers tended to put people and things in boxes and what you talk about is walls, like five, six, seven walls that you say we have to knock down. So, so is well, let me ask you, is traditional marketing dead? I don't think it's dead, but it's on life support right oh, now. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. There's definitely yet, huh? some things that traditional marketers do right and should continue to do. But... The, the reality that they're dealing with every day is much, much different even than it was, say, five or ten years ago. And so traditional approaches and, you know, for example, traditional market segmentation that every marketing right. student learns in, you know, the first week of school uh, is really not that useful anymore. And, you know, and that's based on the idea that you can identify a very large number of people who are fairly homogeneous share certain characteristics like gender, income, place right. of residence, et cetera, and devise a product that basically will make just about all of them happy. And, you know, that concept was largely invented by General Motors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, uh, and and at the time it was a really revolutionary recognition because, uh, you know, Henry Ford was famous for saying, you know, my customers can have 
a car in any color they want as long as it's black. Yeah. And, you know, the people at GM said, well, you know what? Some people maybe want a different color and we'll give it to them. But, you know, they did that by creating some large divisions like Pontiac and Chevrolet and so right. on, some of which are still around today. Sure. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that so it's not quite one size fits all, but it's uh, it's still basically putting people into these very big boxes and people don't like to be put in these boxes. They they resent that. And, you know, nobody wants to be a market segment. Yeah, nobody and wants so, to be a market uh, segment. You know, like today, <laughs> uh, what, what we find is that because our culture is so fragmented, in other words, we've We've taken these large categories like, uh, you know, white middle class male, let's say, and we have we have really chopped those up into much smaller categories. It's no longer possible to speak with one voice to that many people. And, you know, what I like to tell people is if you don't understand what I mean, just go to any decent sized bookstore or magazine kiosk. Yeah. And look at the number of different titles there that are catering to very, very specific interests, you know, everything from yachting to uh, muscle cars. Right. And and then you, and you understand that, you know, the the mass market periodicals like Time and New, Newsweek and so on are really, you know, kind of dated. And 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 of course, we see this with radio and television and so on, oh, heck uh, yeah. you know, yeah. obviously. Yeah. I, I and think, so. Go ahead. Yes. Go ahead. Finish. Well, so the you know, the traditional way to to just say I'm going to. Uh, you know, I'm going to target uh, uh, a 25-year-old uh, white female. That that really just isn't going to fly anymore. And and furthermore, people are much more proactive today. They don't just sit back in their barca loungers and wait for marketers to tell them what to do. They want to they want to play a role in that conversation. That's yeah. much much yeah. more proactive. Yeah, that's. Uh, I want to make sure uh, that's one of the points I got is that. They're, they're creating markets and and i guess i'm not this is not out of your book this is me speaking but see if you agree or disagree i mean they're creating a product or creating a market and so people in business almost need to respond to that am i reasonably accurate oh you're you're totally accurate you know what i what i say when i give talks to uh to business groups is you you don't own your brand anymore yeah you know, get over that uh, yeah you know, you play a role in creating the brand, but your customers play probably an equal role yeah. in terms of the meanings that they ascribe to the brand and the way that they use that brand. And and sometimes, you know, marketers get dismayed because they're losing control over these meanings. And that, you know, Pandora's box has been open. You know, you can you see people posting. And of course, we talk about fake news and all that. You know, yeah. people are yeah. people post fake news about brands as, as well. Uh, but it, but there's another side to that, which is an opportunity. And that means that uh, look to your customers for ideas about new variations of your product because they're probably coming up with them on, on their own. And, yeah. you know, there are many, many examples now, where, you know, some companies that are, that have recognized that and are not pushing back against it, but rather wel welcoming this input are are developing uh, new new brands or brand extensions that were suggested by their customers. And that's a very, very valuable and often very inexpensive form of research that we can't overlook. So so product managers are probably freaking out everywhere, um, trying to figure out what to do next. I guess what they have to do, Michael, is uh, 
kind of pay attention to what I call the fringes. And, and, and I want to ask you, I want to go deeper on this lifestyle marketing. But first, I want to make sure that everybody knows how to get in touch with you. Is your website the best place to do that? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Just uh, michaelsolomon.com. That's, you'll see and, everything you need on there. And mm-hmm. Solomon is spelled S-O-L-O-M-O-N, and it's michaelsolomon.com. We are talking about his book, Marketers, Tear Down These Walls, Liberating the Post Postmodern Consumer. And I do have a sledgehammer on my hand because the book is written in a way that I loved, Michael, by the way, is Thank that you. you would talk about something, you'd say, okay, uh, how do you say it? Uh, grab your sledgehammer because we're you got to knock down that wall that you think exists, and uh, a lot of people need to do a lot of things differently. So, talk to me more. We I guess we started to go down that path, but talk to me more about uh, I guess it's commonly called lifestyle marketing. Go a little deeper on that for me. Sure. Well, you know, as I as I mentioned, you know, one of the big breakthroughs of was this idea of um, of market segmentation. And and this and the notion that that not everyone wants the same things, right. and that's still, that basic insight is still very valid. Uh, however, today we, we it's kind of on steroids because we have so many more options available to us. You know, one one of the things I like to say is that ironically, in the Western world, our biggest problem is not that we don't have enough choices. Our biggest problem is that we have too many choices. Oh, that's uh, such a point. That is such an important point. Yep. Yeah. And so, um, what what happens is that virtually, you know, take any product, you know, take a lipstick, take a man's tie, whatever it is, you know, you don't just buy red lipstick, right? Women know that there's a thousand shades of red, you know. So what are you, what are you going to do? Uh, so again, it's both a blessing and a curse. And what it means is that. We each of us are kind of like an architect of our own identity where we are designing who we are. Yes, Uh, we are kind of we're using these brands as a way to express our identities. Yes. And but we're each doing it in a slightly unique way. So uh, you and I might have the same portfolio of brands, but use them in different ways and and. And resonate with different aspects of those brands. And so, again, uh, consumers often add layers of meaning to the brand. So we we find some brands that that possess what we call multi vocality, and that's a yeah. Big, what it means is that they say different things to different types of people. So uh, to one person, for example, uh, Timberland. Let's take a brand like Timberland, uh, a brand that I worked with some years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're they're their brand personality, as far as they're concerned, is it's kind of an outdoorsy, uh, you know, largely Caucasian, uh, you know, young people going camping sort of Im- sort of image. Um, but there is a sizable group of people, uh, for example, in the hip hop subculture mm. who are not Caucasian who have mm-hmm. that brand and use it in an ironic way to say, well, I'm probably never going to go camping but I'm going to wear these Timberland boots as part of my, as part of my outfit Yeah, to make a totally different um, statement. And, and you see that with lots of brands. Yeah. Uh, Levi Strauss, for example, a brand that I worked with extensively, uh, something like a jean jacket or a pair of jeans, depending on what it's paired with, whether it's like a black leather motorcycle jacket or a blue blazer, 
become something totally different. It means something to them, <laughs> right? It, Just it like you're saying, it, like you're in your mantra. You know, while you were speaking, I thought of something else. I think it was the prom dress uh, that you used an example. Uh, I think it was the prom dress, not a <laughs> wedding dress. What I'm thinking about is that people buy dramatically differently. For instance, if uh, for instance, if I was thinking about those boots, I may send out to my network to say, I'm thinking about buying these particular boots. I think they look good with my whatever, my, my 30-year-old leisure suit. What does everybody think? <laughs> yeah. People are buying differently, right? They're, they're buying much differently. And I, frankly, I think that most marketers and retailers haven't figured this out yeah, yet. Amen. Uh, the kids know it. <laughs> kids know it, yeah. What they, what they know is, you know, I, I refer to this in the book as the hive mind that they're tapping into. Yeah. Um, essentially what they're doing is, uh, you know, in back in the old days, you know, again, five years ago, um, yeah. <laughs> people would go through a fairly predictable set of stages when they make a decision about what to buy. And it, only after they made the purchase would they validate that with their friends or, yeah. or whoever mattered to them. You know, what do you think about this? And if people hated it, you know, they <laughs> might return. Um, today, they're not doing that. They are doing an enormous amount of research prior to getting to that to that point of purchase. Uh, uh, what Google calls the Z mod or the zero moment of truth. Right. Um, yeah. they are checking with their networks, they're typing, you know, they're looking for reviews, uh, you know, to me, sure. uh, one of, one of the most telling signs is, and, and this is a good trivia question for your listeners, if they don't know the answer, uh, we know that Google is the number one search engine in the world, but do you know, know what the second biggest search engine in the world is? Huh. You're going to leave that open or you're going to answer that question <laughs> No, I'm going to tell you. Okay. The, the answer is YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. And, Fascinating. And, and, and the reason I think that's important is that essentially, and, you know, just watch kids do this. You know, if they want to find something out, they will find a video that will show them how to do it. And, you know, and yeah. even, uh, there, there's a whole genre of videos on online that are called unboxing videos. I don't know if you've heard that term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean now. Fantastic. Yeah, Isn't literally people, people watching other people unpack a computer and put it together, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's and, fascinating. Um, yeah. If, if anybody's in, involved with marketing, don't hit the panic button just yet. But you do have to get this book by Michael Solomon. The title is Marketers Tear Down These Walls. First of all, you have to understand these walls exist. And then you have to get the sledgehammer and start knocking them down. So there's help. Uh, and, and Michael's here. I, I want to jump. I'm going to hit a lot of points kind of quickly because... Here's my question. Who's spending money? Is it baby boomers? Is it millennials? Who's, who's really spending the money? Well, if you want to know who's really spending the money, it's seniors. It's, uh, you know, it's uh, mature consumers. And I guess, you know, the, the later, uh, the earlier baby boomers. Uh, but, that, you know, the, the irony is that, that as we get older, we become less desirable to marketers. And, you know, every marketer wants to capture that 25 to 35 year old heavy spender. You, you, you drove uh, that point home so strong. I'm sitting there and thinking and, and most marketers ignore almost ignore that segment. They go out of their way to ignore it. Unbelievable, and, uh, Michael. 
And these, you know, the, because we have, because we, we all react to stereotypes. We base our decisions on these stereotypes, these boxes that we put people into. And for a lot of people, you know, a, a senior, you know, whether you define that as 60 or 70 or, or even older, you know, is someone is a recluse who's, you know, sitting home playing bingo or something like that. And, and the reality is that, that is just not the case That's today. Absolutely and, false. You know, you've got you've got people who have paid off their mortgages, and you know, sure they're spoiling their grandchildren and so on. But otherwise, they're retiring, and they're still they still got twenty years of of uh, you know healthy living ahead of them. And man, they are waiting to spend some money. It's unbelievable. So you know, they're not the only group that's spending. But I'm I'm always struck, you know, when you when you watch TV and you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, unless there, unless you're watching the the nightly news, and then you realize, you know, when you see all the all the, the only ads you that's see true. are for. Uh, <laughs> well, they know. know give them credit for this, Michael. <laughs> yeah, they know who their audience is. Yeah, they know exactly, that people yeah. sixty and over are watching this for uh, whatever your arthritis medicine or or whatever it is. Okay, we're we're running out of time. There's so much we got to cover, but um, wow. I'm going to throw you a couple of curveballs. You're ready. You literally wrote the books, so you're ready. <laughs> what scares the hell out of you about what's coming? Well, is anything like keep you up? Do you like really dwell on something that kind of scares you? Like, for instance, uh, augmented reality or AI or like, give me your mm-hmm. thoughts. What, 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 answer that question for me. Well, uh, you know, some, I, I'm excited by technology, but I'm scared about it as well because uh, it can work both ways. And, and we know that that when we look at advances like like artificial intelligence, uh, it's it's really great stuff, and it's going to make our lives a lot better. But man, in the process, mm-hmm. it's going to disrupt a lot of things. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are going to be losing their jobs. Um, you know, we're already hearing this drumbeat now. But yeah. Uh, yeah. when we look at at the ways that technology can be abused. Uh, I was I was just reading this morning, there was a big article in the New York Times about uh, how China is using facial recognition technology to yep. monitor yep. citizens and shame people who have jaywalked and, and oh, so my on. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, we have to be very, very careful about that. But again, we don't want to shut, I don't think we want to shut no. it down. Well, you can't. You can't. You, I, number, yeah. yeah. You, you I, can't, and you shouldn't because and nor it, should it, you. it will do great stuff. It, but Yeah. But, we but, need to be very careful. Keep the, uh, to use this phrase, uh, keep the antennas up with all this is going on. So, okay, here's the last question. And again, uh, forgive me for high speed in some of this. Uh, is this book just for the Procter & Gamble's of the world? Or can a plumbing shop uh, doing $2 million a year uh, relate to what you're talking about? Oh, I... This book is absolutely for anybody who deals with people. Oh, ah, okay. Because uh, <laughs> most, mostly it's about engagement. It's about customer engagement. And, you know, small business owners think that they, they don't have any, they don't have the resources that the big guys do to to sponsor fancy promotions and so on. And it's just not the case, you yeah. know. So, yeah. for example, I talk in the book about uh, the practice of gamification, which mm. is a term we hear now mm-hmm. uh, you know there's ways you, basically what you want to do is turn a shopper into a gamer <laughs> and what i mean by that is Love not that. not literally playing games in the store but injecting elements that will make that shopping experience fun and in fact that's how you differentiate yourself from those big guys from the pngs of the world because yep. 
that, you know, for them, it's like turning a battleship, you know, the small business owner yeah. has, has the secret sauce that everyone wants today. And that is personalization and authenticity. So many, I work with so many small businesses and they think this costs a fortune and certainly everything costs a little bit of money, but you're only limited by your creativity and some work. You can't just hit a switch. It has to happen. So my guest has been Dr. Michael Solomon. Uh, his book is Marketers Tear Down These Walls. It is fantastic. If you're in business at all, especially if you're related to marketing, you have to read this book. Uh, and your website, again, is michaelsolomon.com. Is that correct? That is right. So thanks so much for being part of the Business Builder Show, Michael. It's uh, The book is fantastic, and I've really enjoyed this conversation. Well, thank you. I really appreciate your kind words, and it was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. Reminding you to find all our shows and many other great shows on C-Suite Radio. That's c-suiteradio.com. On behalf of myself, Marty Wolf, your host, and D.C. Taylor, my executive producer, thank you for listening to the Business Builder Show, but stay tuned for information on how you can become part of the C-Suite Network. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. As a loyal fan of this C-Suite Radio show, we've got an unbelievable offer for you. Listeners to the Business Builder Show get 50% off a C-Suite Network membership. The C-Suite Network will help you become the most strategic person in the room. You'll have access to top-notch benefits and networking, all helping you get the most out of your position. Take advantage of this limited-time offer today. Learn more about the C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR. Again, that's 50% off a C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR.